Alex Kitchen, one of the Northeast's most renowned personal trainers. You look at this guy on social media and he looks like the definition of an alpha male. I myself have trained with him a number of times and competed at the National Fitness Games with him where we actually won. This guy can deadlift 240 kilograms like it's absolutely nothing. I like to refer to him as the Northeast's David Goggins. However, recently Alex has been open about his issues with alcohol and drug addiction after spending a month down at the Sport and Chance Clinic for rehabilitation. Alex used to be a professional footballer for the likes of Newcastle United and has openly admitted that one of the triggers for his alcohol and drug addiction was the trauma of his football career coming to an end at such a young age. Stopping football, you work on your whole life and gone. And alcohol, drugs, kind of accelerated and kind of held us back, to be honest. Being an ex-pro myself and understanding the long-lasting effects stepping away from the sport at a young age has on your mental health. I was keen to head down to his gym in Dunstan to have a chat with him on the subject. Try and keep people entertained for, uh, for 60 minutes. Yes, people, welcome back to Process. It's been a while since I've done a podcast. We're here with Mr. Alex Kitchen at No Limits Performance in Dunstan. We're just going to have a little bit of a chat because I put a post on a while ago talking about I'm doing six months sober. You popped up to me straight away, pretty much saying, get me out to talk about it. I know you've had a few things going on recently with alcohol, drugs, and all that sort of stuff. Do you mind talking a bit about it? Ah, what's, um, what's been happening? Um, pretty much just, well, where do I start really? It's like, as I come out of playing pro football, Obviously, I was well, 21 and alcohol and you know, drugs weren't really a thing, to be honest, because I'd kind of been so focused on football that I didn't really let that get in the way. People would go out on a Saturday night, Friday night or whatever, midweek, and I would, I would avoid it or I would only go out to celebrate, say, if I won a game, you know, with the lads after, have a few drinks, um, and I would always take it too far and I'd be ill the next day, but I'd wake up and then bang, straight back to football, focused on that. And that was, that's how it went until I kind of come to an end. And then obviously the stopping playing football at that level, and then it's quite hard to take, isn't it? Like, you know, it's, yeah, it's hard it's... to take. And I just remember coming back from a pre-season and then this was like a green light to go, oh, you, can, you haven't got pro football anymore. You're not going to get into a club, that all the stuff in my head. And then I would like kind of, start drinking and stuff more and um, use it to kind of numb them feelings. Now I look back, at the time I was just, I, I, didn't, I didn't think that, but that's exactly what I was kind of doing. Mm -hmm. And from kind of 21 onwards, it just kind of, um, it just kind of spiralled out of control progressively. Mm -hmm. um, like it would go from, I remember being disgusted, like drinking two days in a row at the start, like, wow, I've never done that in my life. Like two days, a Friday and a Saturday, and then Friday, Saturday would become normal, and then maybe it's like a Friday, Saturday, a few drinks on a Sunday, still training, like, obsessively, and especially when I'm rough or off the alcohol, I would hate myself, and I would, I would use it as a tool to kind of punish myself, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'd be in the sauna, sweating it out, trying to get myself feeling, like, kind of normal again. But, um, yeah, then, like, things like cocaine would come along on the scene. Obviously, m many people have tried it. Hopefully, some of you never do, but... Um, again, that was like just a progression. Progression. I tried it a little bit on nights out, and I was drunk with the wrong kind of crowds, um, and like it just kind of got worse and worse, to be honest. Yeah. Um, which by the end um, was kind of affecting you know, our business, family life, just decision making, and just kind of got the better of us. Yeah. Um, to the point I had to spend 28 days. Um, in a rehab centre, um, obviously it hurts your ego a little bit to kind of admit you've got a fucking problem like that. But I just knew I didn't like what I was becoming and where I was going. I was going to lose everything, so I just, just did something about it and um, definitely like the best thing I've done. Yeah. So we'll touch. We'll touch on what kind of went down because it was the was it called again Sport and Chance? That's what it was. Sport and Chance Clinic. Um, Tony Adams set that up. Obviously X. England and um, Arsenal captain, but he was, he's an alcoholic. Um, he had problems at the peak of his career when he was 27, got sober, had a long career after that. Um, so he set this, he set this place up down near Portsmouth for like professional athletes or ex-pros and people from all different sports. Like there was a jockey in there, 
three ex football lads. Um, and the weird thing is, like, people who play sports because they do things quite to the extreme, most of them, because they've done sports every day to the extreme. So a lot of them end up having problems, which I didn't obviously really know. Yeah, I think there's a big, when you have that sort of addictive personality or obsessive personality, like we do with fitness, the kind of transfers over to drinking, to drugs. And I think some people either go all in or can't do it at all, like with drinking or drugs. Like for myself, I'm probably similar where if I go out, I'm going out. I've, luckily, I've never been anyone who's touched drugs and stuff. I've just been kind of fortunate my friends and stuff have never really been too involved in that. My parents have been quite strict in it, so I've been lucky. But when it comes to drinking, I'm always like ill for a good two days after. It's never like I can go out for a few. I don't really yeah. enjoy that sort of thing. So I say like the same people with, like for people who maybe take drugs or do certain, certain things, when they're in that sort of environment where they're so obsessive over fitness, over football, over whatever it is, it transfers over into the drug taking. They can't just go out and have a few. And I think... Some people kind of, if they do have that sort of personality, either say, right, I'm not going to touch it at all, or it's going to kind of go downhill a little bit too much. I don't think yeah. some people can balance it. Like people always talk about balance and yes, going out on the weekends and stuff like that every so often, but I think some people just can't do that. It's not within their personality. They're like, they might get away with it for a few weeks, but then that person, that thing, that addiction sort of will come back. Or to be like all or nothing type people. All or nothing, yeah. yes. It'll kind of... They'll get away with it for like I've had I've, like, I've had clients obviously I'm not going to name who they are. I've had clients in the past who have been like obviously been out maybe took drugs and stuff like that and they've cut it out for four weeks and they've just like they've been absolutely fine. They've been on it with routine. They've been on it with everything. But then they get sucked back in and they literally just they can't just go out and do a, a few like, like even like even like they're talking about cocaine like one line or something and have a good yeah. time. It's like on it Friday night staying up all night Friday night and then getting on it again on Saturday and then the same thing on Sunday and then the back to work on Monday and they're like fucking hell I feel horrendous and they just keep on going in that sort of spiral Monday to Friday they kind of get themselves feeling a bit better after getting through the work and weeks staying clean not drinking stuff gets to Saturday or Friday night again and they're straight back on it and doing the same spiral and they're just never really getting anywhere in life and they're always just chasing their own tail pretty much yeah well for me it was definitely it's just holding you back mm -hmm. I knew it was holding us back but for some reason, every time I picked that drink up, I had kind of no idea where that would kind of take us. Yeah. And it's just kind of, I don't know, it's not worth it. But I knew it wasn't worth it, but actually being able to have that willpower when you go out or whoever you're surrounding yourself with and be able to go, I'm not doing it. Like, that was just something I personally couldn't, I couldn't say no. Like, once I was out, I might sit there with a face like a smacked horse and avoid it for a while, but soon enough I would give in. Once I give in, like, who knows what's going to happen. And uh, obviously, I think a lot of people, like not everyone might be an addict or an alcoholic, but there's people who go too hard on a weekly basis on it and they don't even enjoy it. They spend all the money on it. Mm -hmm. um, it fucks up the business life when you're honest because you're not fully there mentally. Um, lack of sleep kills you if you're going out partying. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people can relate to it to some extent. Um, Do you think you did it not out of boredom, but out of kind of repetition in the people who you're surrounded with? No, I think, um, I think like whenever life was getting hard or like I had something exciting coming up, there, there would be the times like it, I'd go and mess up. Like if I knew I had something big coming up to deal with them emotions like of excitement or um, it could be the opposite emotions, like things are, I'm a bit down or something. I know, or a couple of pints, um, that'll numb me feelings or whatever, like. So it's almost like an escape. It's escape, it's escapism. And I knew it was escapism, but I just didn't know how else to deal with it in some ways, you know what I mean? So I would use that to numb the way I felt or to improve the way I felt. But really, in essence, it's just making it worse because the next day you wake up with the same, wake up with the same problems, but probably on tenfold because you've created all this other carnage potentially. Yeah. <laughs> so That's what I say to people with like the weekends and stuff. It is literally just an escape from the, the, the stress and the shit that you've got in your life Monday to Friday or Monday to Saturday or whatever it is. Like people go and they always go to that drink on a Saturday because it's a brief few hours or maybe like a, a day or two of switching off from it. But then like you said, the next day you wake up and things are 10 times worse. You feel you've got the anxiety and the kind of withdrawals of the alcohol and the drugs, whatever, but then you've got the issues that you originally already had. So they haven't disappeared. Yes, they disappeared for the eight hours or whatever you were drinking and doing drugs, whatever. But in reality, you were just masking them and then they're going to come back and hit you 10 times more. So it's, I think it's finding things that like I've found 
again, I didn't really have any severe issues of alcohol. It just didn't, it just wasn't, so I didn't, I did, yeah, it didn't make us feel good. Like when I was younger and I used to go out and stuff, I used to maybe get a bit of a buzz off it. Or I don't know if it was just trying to fit in with the crowd or whatever, but like what makes me happy, like I said in the little podcast that I don't know, what makes me happy is getting up early, tra- feeling good training, like sleeping well. So I've got the energy to put into my clients, to put into like my work, to put into like doing this sort of stuff. Um, like having time on the weekend with my missus and walking with the dog and stuff. If I was hungover on a Sunday morning, not a chance of my getting out of bed yeah. to walk my dog and stuff. Like little little things that make me happy. And I think you've got to look at what actually gives you happiness. Um, and are you actually like trying to pursue happiness or you're trying to pursue pleasure? Because pleasure is like short-term stuff, like the alcohol, like the drugs and stuff. Yes, you'll have the buzz for a few hours, but the next day you're back to feeling the same old, kind of probably even worse than you, than you were. Whereas happiness is the things that you can continuously do, like you're training, like you're going for walks, like the all the stupid stuff like saunas, cold plunges, all that sort of stuff, like, they give you some sort of the, the, the good for you and they also make you happy, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I, touching on yourself in terms of when you went down to Sporting Chance, what, what, that sort of, what, when, what sort of point did you get to originally where you were like, you know what, I need to seriously... Um, so basically, I'd, uh, there was uh, one thing, there's multiple things that stick in your mind, but the all-time low... I remember going out and um, on a Friday and kind of continuing this bend out all the, all the way through till Sunday morning. Like, got into a fight, causing absolute carnage. Um, and then, like, my family were that worried about me, like, that the, the wrong, flip, the, who the ring, the um, crisis team. Mm-hmm. They were like, well, something's wrong with him, he needs, I don't know what he needs, but he needs some help. and. At that point, I remember I was lying on my bed on a Sunday thinking like, like, what on earth have I done like, to get to this point? When everything in my life was, I just got a new house, son on the way, one son already here, a business, opened this gym. Um, everything on the outside looked good. I just got a new car. Like, everything on the outside, like I said, looked good. But like, me, I was just completely out of control. I didn't know why. And I knew I needed to fix it. And like, if I'm honest, I was that. I was that low, like I was pretty much suicidal to be honest with you and just I was doing things to try and pull myself out of it, like training, I never stopped training ever through it. I would always be able to pull myself uh, back by coming and doing some training but um, I knew it wasn't a way to kind of keep on going, I knew everything would be lost if I didn't make a change so reached out to the PFA and just said look like I don't know what's kind of going on but um, frequently I keep like this, the same pattern keeps happening. I try and go out like a normal person. It just doesn't happen, even though I want it to be like that. Like, I don't want to go out and like cause problems or take things too far. Um, but like, so I got in contact with them and they pretty much said like, look, um, the, the people on the phone were, was an ex-professional footballer playing in the Premier League and he said, look, I know exactly where you're at. Like, I've been there. So straight away I felt like, I felt like, I could relate to him at least, and it wasn't someone like, you need to do this, you need to do that. It was like, oh no, we. Like, he was including himself, like me, like, he's been through it. And he said, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and get you a fast track through to come through in July. And this was like May time, and I was like, I'm not fucking going there, like, I'm not that bad, like, I'm fine, I'll just, like, I'll just stay off the drink and all that until, and if I do that, I'm not going to go. That didn't happen. I uh, had, had a few more occasions where I tried to go out like a normal person, didn't really happen. And then I was just like, kind of surrendered, said, look, like, I can't do it. This has been a problem for four, five, six years. That's progressively getting worse. I'm either going to end up dead in jail or lose everything I've got, family, business, and just that's where I'm heading. I knew it was, so at that point, that's kind of where I was like, look, I'll do, I'll do anything, like, Cause I knew I was pretty strong-minded, but when it come to this, like um, I was weak-minded because I was defenseless against drugs and alcohol when I do it. You know yeah. what I mean? So like when I do that, I've got no defence. I can't do it like a normal person because being having addictive personality, being an addict, really, that's what that's what I am. When it, when I when I figured out that's what I am, and that's when I that's when I learned I can't do it like a normal person because of that. And the, now I'm at peace with that because. I haven't got to try and fight it no more, or I just know what the answer would be. If I, if I go out on the drink, I know what the answer would be. I don't need to play around with it anymore, so now it's like I'm at peace with that, but mm-hmm. kind of went off there. Yeah, yeah. Could you, do you think you can put your finger on what 
kind of caused the original issues? I think, like I said, the, 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 I put every, everything into football, but I didn't love football. I did it because I was quite athletic, had a good work rate, I would outwork anyone, I'd run till I was going to die. Um, you know what, there's I mean, a lot of people probably playing football still now as well, in a similar position. Probably. Like, I always say that I love being an athlete more than I love being a footballer. That's what I always yeah, say. Yeah, like, I, I was, I was, my favourite times of football when I was injured and I was getting absolutely spanked in the gym. Like, that was, and then I'd come back to playing and I'd get all nervous, I didn't feel like I belonged there. I didn't, I felt like oh, I excelled in the gym and I, I used to get, gain confidence off that, but on the pitch I, did, I felt like it's, I lost soul. I didn't feel like I belonged as a footballer. Like I didn't feel, but I was. I loved the athletic like lifestyle, mm -hmm. yeah. and um, I think it come down to having a, a resentment against me from being eight year old, seven year old, until twenty one, putting everything into it, and then it not really working out how I'd envisioned in my head, mm -hmm. and then off the back of that, you know, dropping down the leagues in football and, and breaking my leg in some northern league game, like a, a part time club. And then uh, thinking like, like, what's happened type thing, and you're left by yourself. You're, you're old enough where your parents might not be around you, or you haven't got coaches keeping you on track. And I used to love coming in, having someone to keep us in check, like mm -hmm. like you're doing this today, or um, do this, like take this on board. Like I'd stopped, and I had stopped, and I was just like, it's overwhelming, isn't it? When left to football, me. Football is such a controlled environment. You kind of like, especially the level we were at in Newcastle, like Premier League club. A lot of, literally everything is pretty much done for you. You just got to turn up and kind of train. Yeah, so. Which is crazy. I think it was that really. I think just having like, a, um, that in the back of my mind, like a feeling of failure, feel like I let my family down, like my dad especially, feel like I couldn't take going out when people were like, oh, how's football, how's football? And in the back of my mind, I'm like, it's fucked, really. Because I didn't have the will to go out and fix it anymore. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the love, I, didn't, I knew it wasn't, I was like, that's, like, I'm kind of done. Yeah. But that transition from everyone asking you, how's football, like, thinking you're a bit of the boy when you're walking, like, or in everyone else's eyes, they're looking up to you to an extent, because like, they think, wow, he's at Newcastle, or he's at a professional club, and then that's gone, and now everyone's like, whoa, what happened? It's, it's your identity, has gone, isn't it? Yeah, and it's like, you're, you're trying to re-establish who you are, and what you're going to do in life, and I knew I was going to do this, um, but like I said, the freedom like of saying, oh, well, I'm not a professional footballer anymore. I can do this now. Mm -hmm. Then me putting the same effort I do into training, kind of into that, yeah. like the same mindset, like, oh, like, all or nothing for me. And like when I train, I like to work hard and weirdly like that same kind of obsession about when I drink, it's like, I go hard at that. Like I can't do any in between. Yeah. Um, so I'm just like learning balance if you know what I mean yeah. now it's interesting that though because even when you did leave football and you started doing your PT stuff you were always one of the people that was like oh fucking hell this like, they are, you were one of the kind of well known PTs in this area as well in the north east and from my perspective anyway so my perspective looking at you from the outside was that you were smashing it like even when you were elite and at sculpt and obviously moving on to here I'm thinking fucking hell he's a beast he's trading like this that and the other yes he's going out of the week like I'd see you occasionally if I was out and stuff I didn't think anything of it I think like fucking hell he looks like he's living a good lifestyle here but for you to open up and say obviously actually there was a lot of things going on yeah. it's quite interesting because I think a lot of people can like look at certain people and think they're doing really well they're looking great on Instagram they're looking great whenever you see them on the outside but really there's a lot of internal things that are going on and a lot of things from the past which I think it's coming out more and more especially the football side of things people dealing with not getting clubs as a lad um Max Noble, who I think he's making a documentary. He's got a company called Certified Sport, which I think it's a clothing company, but he's made like little mini documentaries. You might have seen them on Instagram to do with like getting ex people of ex pros or people who didn't quite make it as pros, kind of talking about that sort of side and, and, and obviously maybe dealing with mental health issues and suicide. So it is getting a lot better. Um, but like little things like this and trying to talk about it a bit more def definitely helps because, like I said, from the outside in, I was looking at you thinking, now oh, like looks like things are going pretty well. Yeah. Um, but obviously not everything on the outside is always what it seems on the inside really. Um, no, definitely. But I, in terms of when you went down Sporting Chance, what was the initial sort of thing? So how long were you down there for? 28 days, walking, they said to get there for half nine or something. I rocked up like nine o'clock in the morning and um, I remember the, the checking me bags, like say if I'd snuck alcohol in, I was yeah. like, I'm not like, I don't drink round the clock, you know, like it's just when I, Try to like say like I don't I'm not gonna have drink on his trusters, um, 
because I didn't realise there were some people who who've got a problem with alcohol who just drink all day, every day. I wasn't like that yet, but it was like it was potentially going to head. I don't know where, but um. So the Chetney Bargs give us this little room, and like there's this someone from the past. I don't know if it was Tony Adams or whatever. Wrote a note on the wall that was like quite deep and just encouraging. And I was just scared to be honest. Like I was didn't know what to expect and. Kind of every day we got put in a routine, wake up, go straight to the gym, do a sauna, come back, eight o'clock you have breakfast, nine o'clock you do meditation, half ten you're in the classroom with them just learning about why we're here, like why the, why the fuck are you here, like, and they start explaining um, the reasons why you're fucking up when you're going out, why you can't do it like a normal person, why you got to stop, how you do it, um, and I was just like, look, I want to leave here, like, knowing what having a defense to the temptations potentially when i go out i want to know what to do and i just asked so many questions like i had a notebook i was just obsessed like i was like i need to get this because if i don't get it i can't afford to fuck up like yeah. this is me done and i just i don't know like it was just what well, got me to talk about how we felt we got me to dig so deep into what could have caused it? So for me, it brought the football thing up when they dug at it. I didn't think it was that initially, but now I know. We did like a life story. Where I read it out to the lads who we were with. And I just like broke down reading that because you read how your life's kind of on the up, on the up, looking promising, and then like coming down, like and watching your downfall. Um, and even though things, I still had like things going for us. I didn't lose everything, but it was kind of looking like, look at the progression, how what's going to happen next. Like the yeah. stories I was telling them, some of the stuff I'd got up to, and the trouble I got into, um, was just like mind blowing. And so I remember someone saying, look, yeah, you're definitely in the right place. And um, when I first went in, it's like, I looked at people and I was like, I'm not as bad as them, but they had to talk the wrong way to look at yeah. it. It's like, I'm not as bad as them yet. Cause yeah, just it's a just a progression. Like someone doesn't get homeless overnight. Someone doesn't lose their family overnight. Someone doesn't go bankrupt overnight. Like there's a natural progression. Mm-hmm. And obviously you gotta, the taught us just to have boundaries. You know what I mean? Like, um, so you gotta keep people at arm's length and kind of know what could trip you up and don't put yourself in situations that, see if you've got no business being in a bar and you're not, you don't want to drink, then don't hang around the bar. Like I, you was hang- gonna, I was gonna ask that, what, what did they say about socialising stuff, is it best to completely take yourself away from the environment where you were fucking up, or is it trying to find ways of, yes, being in them environments, like for example, going on a night out with your mates, but staying away from drink, or it's what like, did they say about that? It's like they said, if you hang around the barber shop long enough, you'll get a haircut. Mm-hmm. So if you're going peering through the bar windows or looking at people with envy, like, oh, why can't I do that? But first of all, you know why you can't do that, because you don't do it like them, you know where it leads to. Um, but if you've got a reason to be somewhere, like you're going for, for a birthday, you're going f- um, to watch the match because you've got an interest in it, um, then you're kind of protected to an extent because they work on the spiritual side. So now I'm like working on all the spiritual side of things. Um, but like they say, like you're protected if you go and you've got a genuine reason. Mm-hmm. But if you're just going there for the crack, like you're going to the like that's a no, that's just asking for something bad, yeah, like it's just asking for something bad to happen. So now, like I said, I'll go over my friend's birthday, I'll just, I'll just make a plan to kind of, right, I'm going there for the meal and I'm off skis because there's no reason for me to sit around here watching all these people get pissed and then you do realise like when you see that and you're sober, you're like, fucking hell, I don't even want to go back to that because yeah. if I was like that, then no thanks, you know what I mean? But um yeah, that's kind of like how it is now. I don't need to like hide from it. I just don't need to put myself in situations like, and to be fair, like everything's on the up now. Like I was literally just in my own way. You know what I mean? Like once yeah. I got in my own way, everything's just like, everything's just falling into place and happening for us now because, mm-hmm. because I stopped, you know what I mean? But I think uh, once you get your room, so you're quite regimented now, because they were obviously, when you went to Sporting Chance, you said they were very regimented, like training, sauna, breakfast this time, are you quite regimented with your lifestyle? When I come out, I literally had a two-week timetable of every hour of the day what I'd be doing. Mm-hmm. So I was getting obsessive on that as well, but I was like, eight, five o'clock, I'm doing meditation. Six o'clock, I'm at work. Eight o'clock, I'm training. 11 o'clock, I'm coming home for a nap. Then I'm doing medi- then I'm doing breathing exercises. Then I'm 
back to work and then I'm journaling and then I just kind of adjusted it to what fits my lifestyle now. I just wake up and I know what I've got to do. Mm -hmm. I do like hot, hot shower, cold shower. Then I'll do me breathing. If I've got time, I'll do the journal as well. Just write down some goals for the day, write down how I'm feeling. Because you've got to the teacher to speak about your feelings, you know what I mean? Don't keep things internalised. Because when you're a bit nuts, like I am, you'll start thinking into them. And then your mind, your head's gone. So it's best just to speak and it kind of takes the power away from whatever negative feelings you may be experiencing but mm -hmm. um, yeah I would say I do the same things every day um, and that just involves some sort of breathing it could be a five minute meditation or it could be the Wim Hof I do pretty much every day we did it didn't we and <laughs> I was do, quite fun at the uh, National Fitness Games in the morning of it. was it because you, you were doing it in the room night at night time weren't you yeah uh, we just went into the we were sharing a what was it Sharing three, three fucking beds with the one double bed, and I was thinking, I was sharing with, with you or Finley, no, sharing with one of the lads, and just said, Hey right, boys, I've got to do this breathing thing, so you can jump on if you want. And we just all did it, and um, well, you, you end up holding your breath for like three minutes at the yeah, end, don't you? Yeah. But after that, there's some breathing exercise Wim Hof um, does, and it just changes your brain chemistry and the way you're feeling. So if I feel good after it, I'm just going to keep doing it, which I always do. Um, some sort of training or some like uh, stretching or you know, I walk the dogs and a sauna most days, do cold every day and they're just the things I do every day it's now. It's little things, like little hacks that you can do to make your body feel good. Like uh, as much as it is, I've, I've seen a few people's opinions on all being so regimented and routine. Like, you know Mark Bell, he done a lot with Louis Simmons. Yeah, yeah. So he's the opposite. He thinks, he see, almost sees routine as a bit of a weakness because if you go out with your routine, say you don't have like, a good night's sleep one night, people who were so regimented find it hard to adapt to them situations so he's like I'm just so erratic like I'll get up and do something completely different each day to try and keep myself out of routine if you know what I mean but I think some people I know I, I function better with routine I do it doesn't have myself. to be for me it's like I used to be like oh shit I haven't done my exact routine yeah. and it's like right sometimes life happens and, like and yeah. you just adapt like if you haven't got that ability to adapt then you're gonna like for me at the start it was doing my head and like, I haven't done this then this then yeah. this then this but I was like, right, I'll, I'll, just, get, I'll just get that breathing in later in the day. Or I'll just get that journal of stuff. Not everyone wants to do, has to do journaling. But for me, just writing down how things are going, get some clarity on the day, your goals, where you're at. Mm -hmm. For me now, it's just like little wins, you know what I mean? Like little wins, like do this, do this, do this today to try and get this done in the future. And the big goal needs loads of little goals broken mm -hmm. down. Um, like many examples you can think of but like for example I'm going to get this AstroTurf done it's not like right let's go and get the AstroTurf done yeah. right now because it's reverse engineering that's what yeah, I'm going to yeah. say so you've got your goal there now look at the steps behind it what you need to do to get to that step to get to that end goal sorry and then just kind of plot things out like plan things the same with anything if you've got business goals think of your, what your ideal scenario is at the end what do you want to achieve and then just kind of find the steps that you need to do each day to kind of get but that as far as waking up even if I'm out routine or had a bad night's sleep that is that is nothing compared to the shit I was going through. So that's how I look at it. And even when I was like going doing like endurance event of our week, like I just always think like when I get tired and I'm in pain, I just think this is nothing compared to that. Yeah. And it's like that keeps me like going. Yeah. So I um, think. No, sorry, what were you gonna say? I just think if you find a reason, like a why, to what you do something for, that's way stronger than motivation because. Say you run a, it doesn't have to be some extreme, but let's just say a marathon, you get you do mile five, six, eight, ten, you're feeling good. Mile 14 comes around, you start cramping up, and you're like, fuck this. In your head, your, your mind starts talking yeah. to you. You know, why am I even doing this? And then you know why you're doing it, but you've got a reason and or something to kind of keep you going. Um, could be like, for I don't know, it could be anything. Like a, a family member who's passed away could just be for better mental health. It could be anything that's personal to you, but I feel like when I've got something like that, it keeps us going um, and kind of motivates you to an extent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everyone's got them voices in the head. It's just you have the choice to listen to them off and tell them to fuck off and keep on going sort of thing. Yeah. It is interesting that you do. everyone does have the same sort of scenarios. It's like it's, you see people in the gym, like when you get brand new clients who probably maybe never trained before, haven't trained like to the same intensity, you get them doing even like a bench press and they stop about five reps short to like, failure yeah and then watching them grow that's one thing that i love about training it's not just physical growth it's mental growth because you'll see them in like 10 weeks time and that 60 kilogram deadlift order they were doing for 10 reps and they stopped because they thought that was failure 
they'll come a few weeks down the line, not even will be stronger, but they'll actually push the true failure. You'll see the mental resilience. And that's just learning to deal with what was going on on there. But it's more like the endurance stuff, like doing like the stuff that you do like a 15K bike for time sort of thing. That's where the sort of mental game and the marathons and stuff, that's yeah. where the mental game really starts kicking in. Um, and I can understand why that side of fitness is becoming a lot more popular, purely for the mental health side, because the bodybuilding, you don't really get that same sort of buzz. I think like the bodybuilding can be, obviously depending on what mind frame you're in, but it can't be like detrimental because it's always about how do I look? How do I look? Like, and how, w at what point are you going to be like, all right, I look good enough? Probably never. I know. And genetics are a big thing with bodybuilding. I would say like, if you want to be a good bodybuilder, you've got to have good genetics. You can't be like, a standard person who doesn't have the best genetics work as hard as you can you're still never going to be as good as ronnie coleman or whatever but that, no. that just depends on your goal doesn't it like some people can bodybuild without thinking oh i need to be the best bodybuilder in the world it can just be the best bodybuilder you can be you know what i mean that's or, the best way to look at it yeah. that's the best way but the way i like to set goals in the gym is not just off looking at myself it's like something i can actually beat not an opinion it's mm -hmm. so like bodybuilding or like just just tr not bodybuilding but training just to look good is probably the worst thing to do, in my opinion, because, like I said, what point do you stop? Like, when do you say I look good enough? Probably you don't, you just want more and more. Yeah. But if you do um, a 10, you, you lift and you, you judge it on weight or achievable things, as many pull-ups as you can do. You've got 20, or you've got 23, then you've got 25, or uh, how much can you lift for 10 reps on a bench press? You've got 70, right? 75, you keep progressing that way, mm -hmm. you can keep beating it and it's like the proof's there you can't yeah. i beat it or i didn't or 10k bike i did 20 minutes and i did 19 like that's like fox it's not like something that's going on in your head that's why i think like goals are best to be like achievable things yeah. measurable i, I think a lot of people get into fitness and training to look good that's the initial buy-in which i think is okay to start off with like if you are someone who's overweight and you want to lose 10 kilograms brilliant that's good to have that goal but you've got to have something like long term that's going to I'm trying to think how to put it, but something that's going to have that long-term buy-in because like you might achieve that 10 kilograms and you're like, all right, I've, I've reached my goal here. Like I know there might be another goal that you might achieve, but like you need something, like you said, something that's on paper, you can actually beat it or not beat it. Like, like you try and run a marathon. I found when I was having a goal, like now I've got my goal for my high rocks and stuff. And then we had the goal for national fitness games. When I was training towards something like that, I was much more motivated and rather to try and achieve a certain physique. Like when I, was yeah. body, I had a bodybuilding coach for about a year. Just obviously, I was learning exercise-wise and stuff from him a lot. But it was also the side of like, right, I want to achieve this sort of physique. But like, a lot of the time, you're out of control of it genetic-wise. You might be putting all the effort in, ticking all the boxes, and not get that end result. However, with training, if I say, right, I want to run a marathon in under whatever three hours or something like that, or a half marathon under three hours, whatever it is. I know that I'm in full control of that because whatever I put in, I'll get out of it. Yes, you might get ill, you might get injuries and stuff like that, but you're 100% in control of that and the outcome will kind of come if you put the work in. Whereas with bodybuilding, there's like kind of like questionable areas yeah. within it, if that makes sense. I think you've got to be like a unique person to be able to be like, to manage what's going on in your head and being happy with your progress and not being like, I think it's so self-obsessive. And like I said, I don't think you ever find It'd be hard to find happiness just focusing on the way you look because mm -hmm. you're gonna it gets narrower the road gets narrower like as you're a beginner you're losing weight it's flying off you're getting in shape you're getting fitter very fast as you train for five ten years 15 years it's gonna you're gonna be happy with increasing your weight two and a half kilogram or something yeah but like same with the way you look like as you get more and more in shape it's harder and you're gonna get to such a good shape that's like your peak condition and then unless you can come to terms with being like, right, that's my peak condition, I'm not gonna stay there for a while, you're always gonna be then comparing yourself to yeah, that. Like, you, it's impossible to walk around that like yeah. that all the time. It's like top bodybuilders who are like at the top, top level, they're literally, they're trained for two or three years, like in the, what, the off season, to gain like half a kilogram of muscle on the delt or something like that, just yeah. for like tiny little things, which I think, unless you are trying to compete in bodybuilding and you have that goal, then perfect. But I think for the general person, they're kind of, it's a combination of whatever you're enjoying, whatever you really makes you feel good. And if that is like more like conditioning stuff, then I think there's I think there's probably more benefit physically and mentally to that sort of sort of thing compared to the bodybuilding. But it, again, depends what you sort of enjoy. Yeah, I mean, I like doing weights and stuff because I, I don't get the same endorphin release or feeling of accomplishment uh, compared to doing like. Um, Cardio stuff, I know that cardio is not, it doesn't really, it's, yeah. not, it's not the the one thing you should focus on if you want to get in shape, strength 100% should be. 
but adding it on top just for good mental health and for feeling good or to operate on a high level if you've got work or whatever I think like for example just like sitting on the bike and I it can be boring for some people, but you get into a little zone or a little a jog. It's a mental battle in itself, isn't it? It's a mental battle, but like sometimes you can just get in, when you're doing something quite boring, like I like that because I get in my zone and then I get like all these good thoughts. All my problems can become minimized because I'm actually going through pain right now. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Well, to, I'll eventually get there. Like when you get the pain, that's when you learn out, learn about yourself. Um, so. It doesn't really start until you get to that point for me, really, because that's that's the that's where the most growth is. Yeah. Um, you feel mint after that. I've been doing a lot more like yeah, hour plus sort of just condition like ten k run sort of thing. And I've never really done that sort of stuff before. Yeah. But the buzz at the end of it's on a different level compared to like yeah, even doing a hard leg day. Yes, you kind of get some sort of feeling of like endorphins at the end of it, but nothing compared to longer. Yeah, you got to you kind of. You done. haven't. I always believe. There's more reward at the end of something that's more, well, obviously it's kind of self-explanatory, there's more reward at the end of something that's more painful. Because you're having to endure pain for like a minute, sorry not a minute, 60 minutes to 90 minutes or whatever, two hours, doing some sort of endurance thing, but it's constant. Yeah. Whereas bodybuilding, you get them little breaks, you're probably really only pushing for like the last one or two reps of a set sort yeah. of thing, and then you're resting and recovering. The more that you have to deal with them, um, thoughts in your head, the voice kind of telling you to stop when you're doing your long conditioning stuff, that kind of leads to some sort of better, better result at the end of it. But I think the, the the message would be for people who like who are in a bad place mentally and is to take a look at what you're currently doing that could be affecting it rather than just say I'm depressed or mm -hmm. I'm this, I'm that. Like what's going on? Because sometimes it's self-inflicted. Like you're doing stuff for yourself mm -hmm. and you're just being so oblivious to it um, or in denial and you can't, you need to look at yourself truthfully and be like, well, why do I feel like this on a Monday? Like it's because I've Went out hard on Friday, ate rubbish on Saturday, slept rubbish on Saturday because of that, had a few more beers or whatever on the Sunday, then Monday, you wonder why you can't be bothered to go to the gym. Like, these are all self-inflicted things that you can rule out. Um, and then you can just, this, it hasn't got to be so extreme like the exercise. Like you can do, if you're a beginner or someone who's just getting back in a training, you can get this effect of, for someone who's a marathon runner, running 26 mile, you can get the same effect doing something way less because um, they've built that endurance up for yeah. ages. Now they, that's just something they probably enjoy. Not everyone has to do something so extreme. It could be like a 5,000 metre on them concept bikes. Always like, they're just 10, 15 minutes and your mindset's changed. Mm -hmm. Say every day when I come in, people sometimes got their head up the arse because stressed or whatever, feeling down from the weekend or just whatever life throws at them. Walk out of the gym every time. A different person um, and I think like the motivation you kind of rely on that because it, it comes and goes and I think the best way to build it would be to do things you know you should do come to like, go to the gym even when you feel like not doing it that'll build momentum because then yeah. when you do feel like doing it you're, you're flying if you can do it on the days you do want to. Oh, the days where you feel mint are the days you need to take for granted, like there's not many days yeah. come around like and that. And everyone, everyone thinks that. People just wake up and they all want to, they want to train every day. I can't tell you the amount of times I've just like been sat there and now, to be honest with you, I, get, I do want to do it, but I get to the point where I just, even though my head's telling us they don't want to do it, I'll just walk over to start doing it and then by yeah. five minutes I've warmed up and I'm like, I'm doing it regardless. Sometimes people overcomplicate things and you sometimes just need to get your body moving. I always like tell people like, if they're feeling a bit stiff or a bit shit, just go on like, the, the ski, go on a rower, go for a run for five minutes, get your heart rate elevated. Like it could be you start off with a little treadmill walk, you know, you know what, I'm going to put the notch up a little, I'm going to go a little bit faster and you'll start getting your heart rate, will start going and you'll start like feeling a little bit of an energy. It's just getting moving. That initial, the hardest part, it's like, I think someone referred it to like, um, karate or jiu-jitsu or something like that. Someone said the hardest belt that gets the white belt, because that's the one that you turn up, the initial actual start is the hardest. Getting a black belt, yeah, you've kind of, you've obviously built a lot of momentum and the black belt might come in a few years time, so you have to work hard for it, but the white belt's the hardest one to get, just because it's the initial starting. Yeah. yeah. I think it was a, maybe the Mark Bell podcast to be fair. Yeah, that's the, the hardest thing to do is starting it. Like once you hear, yeah. you get warmed up and you're moving, everything just kind of gets better from there, doesn't mm -hmm. it? But talking about, you mentioned about like your swords and stuff like that. Then I, I think I've briefly mentioned it. They're like little hacks you can use to make yourself feel good. Like the cold showers that happen to start a day without a cold shower and I'm always on it. Just, especially if you're waking up early and it's dark outside, like now in England, it's like, like well, it's dark until what, like seven, eight o'clock or something like that now. 
get up and have a cold shower straight away. Like there's there's chemical things that go on in your body that increases your um, like short term increases your cortisol and your adrenaline positively in the morning just to get you going, get the heart rate elevated a little bit and wakes you up. Like little hacks like that, if you can get used to it again, it's another mental challenge to get through. If you can get through that challenge, the next challenge will be a little bit easier rather than getting up out of bed, feeling a little bit lethargic, maybe snoozing in for five minutes. If you flip that switch and just get that cold shower, get it done, the next challenge will be a lot easier. And then you could do like your little, you know, you do your journal in the morning or the evening. It just went out and get it in, but usually in the morning, to be honest, like I said, just the right down little objective for the, could be something small, but just to string some like positive stuff together that mm. I'm working towards um, or I've been putting off. Um, or just write down, you know, how, how you're feeling. Cause especially men don't ever really speak about that. They just kind of keep it in and be like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. When mm. some, a lot of people aren't cause I, a lot of them reach out to us, even in this gym, like saying they're suffering mentally and then they train and they get on the good habits doing saunas and then within a couple of weeks, like the flying and can't believe the transformation. Yeah. Like, so like saunas and stuff is probably the easiest thing to do to feel better yeah. and the cold shower because it's not exactly expensive to go and find a local sauna, but it doesn't take much to sit down. You just sit there yeah. and you're getting all this, these benefits, like cardiovascular benefits, long-term health benefits, faster recovery between workouts because of the increased blood flow. Um, what else? There's loads more. There's loads of like reducing, I think um, the podcast I sent you, I think an Andrew Huber one, I'll probably put it down below, but there's like reduces, you said cardiovascular health. I think it was if you do four, four or more songs a week for 20 minutes, it's like a 50% reduction. Yeah, Dr. Rhonda Patrick, I think 40% yeah. um, reduction in all deaths by kind of um, disease. So yeah. like cancer, heart failure, all them um, sort of things are reduced by 40%, just from four to seven a week. Mm -hmm. um, I think at about 90 to 100 degrees, I think it was. But um, that's probably the number one thing you can just do, like right now, and, it, and, it, and if anything, it makes you feel better and it makes it get easier into training. And um, yeah, I'll probably do them like at least four days a week, to be yeah, honest. They say you're gonna get like, I think 90 minutes a week in total, if you can, I think six, 60 was like the minimum to get like some really good benefits. You can split them up, like not everybody can sit in the sauna for 20 minutes to start with, like you build up like a tolerance to it. So if you can start off and do five minutes and then get out, have a cold well, shower and then maybe go back in and do another five. The good thing is it's like a mental, and that's not everyone wants a mental battle, but it is that. Yeah. And when you get through it, you're just so appreciative of like yeah. just normality because you, you're like, you feel like you're dying in there, but obviously it's doing you good. And um, yeah. No, that's pretty good. <laughs> this, this is where you go blank and try and think about stuff. What else? Um, do you keep in contact with anybody from Sporting Chance or like do you have someone that you kind of speak to at the minute? Um, I've got one of me, one of the lads who I met there is a is a jockey. When seeing him race at Newcastle the other week, and I keep in touch with him. Yeah. Um, I think another one of the lads, unfortunately, went back out there on the drink, so I don't really hear from him anymore. But um, I keep in touch with the people that helped us. Um, obviously, he's just changed my life to be honest. So. Mm -hmm. Um, very grateful for all of that, like that opportunity. Um, but yeah, just I just do what's necessary now, you know, to stay, to stay sober. Um, you can't, is that you done for good? Is that I it? don't really think of it. Like I just say I must. Like today, I'm not going to do it, and then I might do it tomorrow if I want. But I'm not doing it today, today and then I wake yeah. up tomorrow and I just say the same thing. Yeah. Like it's if you tell yourself, oh, I'm not drinking forever, because I used to say that fuck this, I'm done with drinking, fuck this, like, and then a few days go by, I'm feeling good again, and then you just back on it, you don't, you don't forget about how you felt on Monday, or yeah. back when it's Thursday, it's because it's out, out with the lads, or whatever, and it's like, it's just what you do, like, when you're out with them, and you just forget about how you felt, you'll make jokes about how you felt, how bad work was, how much money you spent, how low you were feeling, and because you don't want to actually tell them like how bad you were feeling and mm -hmm. I know how many people will actually relate to that because I just know how big the, the drink and drug scene is and there's I know how many it's people like suffer. It's like a societal norm now as well, it's like, I didn't realise how big it was until like, I got a little bit older, like just, it's a normal thing for few people to do a few lines at the weekend I'm like fucking like this is not a normal thing to do as well and I even <laughs> just thought it's not normal at all. Like, I'm luckily I'm not really in that, and like, again, my mates and stuff aren't really in, but then I've got clients, or like, I've got another 
like see I'll go out with one mate and he's in a different friendship group and they're like oh yeah just do a few keys or whatever on the like, week and I'm like fucking like that, the fact that that's a societal norm is worrying and like the same with drinking even that like if you go out and you're not drinking you ask questions like why are you drinking is everything alright it's, uh, like, it's, like, it's the only drug that's like socially acceptable and you, you feel not socially accepted if you don't do it if that makes sense um, yeah I mean I quite I, I, like I said don't put yourself in situations where you're going to fail but like if for some reason I just have no urge to do it now it's been got it's been taken I don't know how to explain yeah. what's done that but it's just not there. And it's like a miracle, to be honest, that that's not there. Yeah. Because it was, was just becoming something I did. And even when I didn't want to, I was just find myself doing it for some reason. But you don't, for anyone who's like wanting to get sober, like, and you, you haven't got to be homeless or tramp to get to, or in that bad place to want to be sober. I think things don't have to be that bad. They just have to be taken away from your happiness enough to go, you know what it is? Like, like this is negatively affecting everything. I've had enough. Like, and then you just make the step. Like, mm -hmm. um, I was speaking to someone who calls herself an alcoholic, and they were going, "Oh, um, I have one cherry. I want to watch cherry every every day at four o'clock, and on Christmas I have two. And I'm thinking, like, what the fuck? Like, that's not that's one shot a day. What's... But the problem was, another 23 hours of the day, that's all they were thinking of. So if you've got the mental obsession. That, that's taken away from your happiness. If you're trying to resist doing it and you can't live your life without thinking about when you're doing it, like, that can be enough it's just a, to go like, whoa, yeah. that's not normal. Like, it's the same with people living for the weekend. That's what they're doing. They're, they, they're, they're constantly thinking, if I get through Monday, Tuesday, Friday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to get to the weekend. I think if you've got a bit more, if, I don't know what I'm trying to think. If you find a purpose that switches your mind off drink and like, drugs or whatever it is, that's when you're kind of in the right place. So if you have clarity with what you want to do with your life, if you're, if you think your whole purpose is to get through the weekend, to go out on the weekend, then you kind of need to. That's when you probably need to look at like, right, what do I actually want to kind of achieve out of life? If that makes any sense at all. Yeah. But I just have a little bit more clarity and where do you, where do you want your life to be, sort of thing. And like I said, find, find a goal, or find a community, like group training and stuff like that. I think is amazing. I think yeah. the popularity that's become because you're in a community like. When you get a, a group of people that are all coming in at six o'clock in the morning to work hard and stuff, you'll build relationships and you can talk about your issues. You can talk about your kind of what you want to achieve business-wise, career-wise, family-wise, whatever it is. And you'll realise there's a lot of people in your position and you can all kind of push yourself onto the same goal and create like kind of better well-being, better mental health, whatever you, however you want to put it. I think that sort of having a community, even if it isn't like group training thing i'm big on like listening to podcasts and reading stuff and you can kind of listen to what other people say like the, like i mentioned the mark bell podcast but they're really good it's like just a conversation like this to sit down like joe rogan's is obviously like a long time but his is like mark bell's are like two hours or so and they'll just talk about things they'll just talk about drugs they'll talk about, about alcohol talk about training steroids and all that like other stuff as well but listening to people and kind of listen to their advice and what they've been through and like being able to relate to people as well um, definitely helps. It doesn't have to be surround yourself with people 24-7 in a gym or at work, whatever. It can be the people you listen to on social media or whatever it is as well. Yeah. Definitely I mean, if helps. anyone who listens to this does have... Uh, it isn't going to be a, like a drug problem. It's just a problem in your life. Like, you haven't got to... It hasn't got to be like, oh, I'm taking drugs every day. It's, just, it's got to be negatively affecting your life in some way. And the only person I would ever go and reach out to or people is someone who's kind of been through it mm -hmm. because no one else there is people who understand um, but usually they're the people who got through it um, and they're the kind of only people who can help you like not the doctor they're not going to do absolutely nothing um, so like if anyone you can reach out to me and if you need any help with like getting started or where, what to do or you just want to like improve your life improve your business and you know being like sober will kind of improve that then just make the first steps and like everything does get a lot better without having them setbacks because if you think you've got seven days in a week and if two of them you're drinking and the off the back of that you've ruined the next day so you lost four days really you're only operating on three days a week and on the kick over the course of the year i did i was working out like whoa so if i'm rough like two days a week and I'm drinking the two days before, I've lost four days a week to this and it's like setting us back. So I'm really like only up there two, three days a week. Mm -hmm. And now I'm there seven days a week and I'm moving so much faster. And like everything's just so much better, like waking up in the morning 
um, I can just get out of bed no problem. Like, and if I feel down, it's just because I'm feeling down that day. There's, there's nothing else about it. Like, it's not because I went and drank loads. And I know the things to do to pull myself back out of that place. But um, like, yes, I think it's just much better. Like, I've got no intention of going back to even trying mm -hmm. to drink normally because. Like I said, I know the answers and I'm not even, it's not worth to find out again or even play with it, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. you kind of know the, what the end result's going to be if you yeah, do that. Yeah. You've kind of done that many times now. Yeah. But yeah, the last thing was going to be, it's hard, I don't know if you can dive into, like, your what do you think needs changed now in terms of have you got clarity on what you want to achieve or is it just yeah. like... Is there any people or something that you're like, you know what, like, could be obviously you've got two kids now, the missus. First of all, people who have helped you, and then also about clarity and purpose. What would you say has kind of changed, or do you have clarity on what you want to achieve now? So, in terms of people, we'll go people first. People who helped us. Um, obviously, Jane, yeah. who, my girlfriend, put her through so much shit, really, and like, obviously she just stuck around and stood by us, so I would say her. Um, massively, obviously, my mom helped us kind of get into the the clinic at um, Sporting Chance. Did she get in touch for you? Or she did... got in touch yeah. on my behalf. So obviously her, and then obviously, obviously both my parents to be honest. But um, who else? Obviously all the people down at Sporting Chance, um, Connor, because yeah. he's obviously stood by us when I was going through like weird times to say the least. Um, there's probably some other people who I've missed off, but just there's probably a lot of people who kind of played a role. Um, the clients at the gym, like um, who've kind of stood by us and just been understandable and not judgmental. Um, but yeah, I can't really think of anything else to be honest. But in terms of where I want to go, I already knew this. I, I want to do so next year. I'm looking at setting up like a, a kind of you would it would be called a retreat. That's what they kind of call it at the moment, but kind of put me on spinning it where I'm going to get hire a villa and around it's going to be kind of a health and fitness like a break from life and people who are in a business people who just want to excel like in life that's what I want to target um, people want to feel the best they can feel through doing the things I'm going to make them do like the sauna I want to find a complex with sauna ice bath I want to do endurance things like maybe in Lanzarote or Ten Tenerife where there's a mountain range like swimming in the sea um, and I just maybe get a chef over there to prepare all the food and just have like a full package like um, of doing all these types of training on the beach to go into health like spas and eating really well all week and then just going back feeling a million times better and actually spending your money on something that's going to really benefit you so that's one project I want to work on in terms of the gym um, introducing this new group training where it's like really specific to the clients it's almost like a one-to-one -one because we've divided it into three different um, goals. One's for people who want to build glutes. Two, like most women have a goal to build full body strength, but especially the glutes mm -hmm. don't. So we're going to design a program for the new year for that. There's another program which is like a strength and size one, which is full body, just building strength and as much muscle as possible, while a little element of fitness is included because don't want to kind of be all sure and not be able to back it up. And then the, the other one's going to be like half strength, half fitness for people who will value just being fit or the value, the feelings you get, the endorphin release, for whatever reason, they just enjoy doing cardio or they've got an inactive job. So there are three programs I'm going to kind of run in here and just um, continue to improve this place. Um, and then I'm also building an online platform where people can just pay a relatively small fee each month and have just simple programming to the phone. So when you go to the gym, you never really, where I'm gonna take the thought process out of that for you. So you just pick your phone up or whatever, and you've got exercise demonstrations, which I'm doing all them at the moment, and just a program. The three programs I'm offering here will probably be similar to that. And whether you train in the gym with us or you can train at your own gym, that's gonna kind of be me three things I'm working on. Um, and then the other goal is just uh, on a daily basis, just stay sober because it's better that way. So, do you think having your own personal goals because you've got the is it an Ironman you're doing? Yeah, do you think that helps as well with kind of clarity and keeping your focus each day. Um, to be honest with you, I'm said I'm going to do an Ironman. I shook someone's hand on it. Um, 
I don't know now I'm bullying myself to do it because I said I would do it. So okay. I know it's something I want to do in my life, like an Ironman, but while I'm 27, why not start doing it now? I think yeah. I've got like four and a half, five months until it. So... Just watch that mic doesn't get blocked. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, having goals like that, definitely it's an incentive to, to keep training. Um, and the whole endurance thing, I love it because um, when you're out there on your bike or running or whatever you're doing, you're not thinking of anything else. You've just got, mm. you just kind of, you can find peace within the storm, if you know what I mean. You're, in, you're struggling, but in them times, you can find so much appreciation for how you, like a normal, what normal feels like, because you're yeah. struggling now. That's, honestly, you feel not, you feel like, I can't wait just to have a drink, like, yeah. um, not alcohol, obviously, but I mean, just like have some food, yeah, have a yeah. drink and just like get some rest. You gotta earn, if I don't earn the rest, I feel depressed, like honestly, yeah. if I don't get up and do something, that's why I always, it's not an option to train, I'm doing it because yeah. I know I'm feeling good after it. That's why it's not an option. It's like, I'll just tell myself that you're fucking doing it, like regardless yeah. if you like it or not. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just having that goal of um, doing the Ironman, it's just gonna naturally make us do more and more and more and more, and then I'll do the Ironman, then, see what I feel like doing after that, but I yeah. fancy just banging some weights after that and not to be like obsessed about myself, but just, just to change to goal, en enjoy it. Yeah. I, I am not like, I just like doing weights, I like doing endurance. Um, I'm all right at doing all that CrossFit and high intensity stuff, but to be honest with you, it's, I don't exactly enjoy it as much as just going for a long run. Like, yeah. I, I love doing that in a weird way. Yeah, yeah, you feel superhuman at the end of it, I feel. I, I uh, think you can breathe a lot better as well. You just feel amazing at the end of it. Like, you just feel like, fucking hell, I pushed myself in 90 minutes. My heart rate was like 160, 170, 180 for this long. Now I'm back down to like, my rest, like resting heart rate's like 30s and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm like, fucking hell, I feel The weird thing is, like, when I, I ran 34 mile up um, this place in, this, from sea to summit, so you yeah. start here and you end up, it's eight and a half thousand metres of elevation over 34 mile. And after you, you get out of breath on the hills, but even 30 mile into a run, I'm, to, I'm breathing like I could talk to you right now. Yeah, yeah. Because like, after a few miles, your heart rate just settles in. Yeah. Compared to high intensity stuff where you're just absolutely gasping for air. Like I've always just found that just harder. Um, but. I suppose that's why I still do it sometimes because I know it's, it's a challenge, but yeah, yeah. it's not really my passion to be honest with you. Yeah. But yeah, that's about it. No, I mean, it's good to hear all the things. I feel like I've I've noticed. I think I've, I haven't had a drink or nothing. I've been out for four months now. I feel like I've got a lot. Four more. months. I think it's how many weeks it's been. Yeah, it will be four months. I think it's now August, the start of August. Whatever that is, it's like end of November now, pretty much or mid November. So whatever, three and a half months, four months. But I'm doing. I'm definitely doing six months. But I feel like I'm. I'm a lot more like I don't know. I'm just constantly thinking of ideas, business-wise, because I've got that much momentum. I've got no like nothing's interrupting my momentum. Yeah. So I just feel like right. I've got an idea for this. I was like right. I'm gonna do a podcast this week. Next week I'm gonna do this. I'm filming something on Friday, and then like, I've got an idea for my business that I want to try and put some online. But like, you just kind of things start coming together, and then it gives you more of a reason not to drink and not to touch things the longer that you do it. So I think if you can kind of get past that initial boundary and try and try and find a routine that works for you and training wise routine wise saunas whatever it is whatever keeps you going you'll end up finding that your your motivation to keep on going and keep on pursuing different things will outweigh the motivation to go and drink and, and party and stuff at the weekend that kind of short-term pleasure on the weekend and partying and stuff it's like i'm going to be for this some of my mates but i'm kind of like yeah not really too fussed about it. Like, I'll obviously, I know I'll enjoy myself when I'm there. Take once a year, like, I'll enjoy yeah, but you're me. like, you're not the type of person who's gonna come off the bat of that and then implement that no. boom in your life. Where I would go on that thing there, and that would just boom them off again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's so. You've got yes. to understand what sort of person. But it can you are. still negatively affect your life. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be. What I'm saying is, it hasn't got to be so bad to stop, because you know either way. It's got, it brings no positivity to your life, really, does it? No. It sets, if, if you're ambitious and you want to achieve things and you want to get in shape and stay in shape and mentally in shape, then it, it doesn't serve you one bit. Um, unless you're someone who's extremely disciplined and can have like a couple of drinks like at once every month or something like yeah. that. But most people um, these days are not like that. It's like, all, it's all enough, it's most people are, are, take things too far, don't they? Yeah. Um, everyone gets carried away a bit. And everyone laughs about how, laughs about it a few days after they've went through all them horrible hangovers and bits of depression, but then they do it again, that's a mad thing. 
yeah. it's like a cycle and it, it all it does is fucks your goals up and you don't achieve nothing for me anyway mm-hmm. um, and you end up stagnant and yeah. it's much better i think this way much mm-hmm. much better i think i think the world needs to kind of make because we get caught i could call like weird and like hippie and obsessive and stuff and not going out and enjoying myself but it needs to be a little bit more normalised, I think, because it's it's fucking healthier for you. You're gonna you're gonna live longer. You're gonna probably uh, gonna have your life through it as but well. But it comes down to like, right, what if you just say, right, what's your goals? And they say, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. All right, so why aren't you doing it? Because um, I keep going on the fucking drink every yeah. week and spending all my money, making myself feel like shit, so I can't do what I'm meant to do. And like, that's enough to fucking stop in my, in my head anyway. To, yeah. In it. So. No, hundred percent. I think we'll wrap it up on that, mate. A pleasure. Thank you very nice much. One, I'll stick Alex's um, Instagram, like the gym and stuff like that, down below. But I mean, that was very good. Thank you very much for watching. Later. See you next time. Yeah. Let's take them back. Uh huh. Coming up. Yeah. Let's take them back. Uh huh. Coming up.